Out of the Ice, Part 6, Brain Farts. Yes, the trees, the light, the bushes bow to me. What you say? Kohana. Oh yes, yes, that's it. It just came to me. Meriwether Lewis's dog was named Kohana. Near the end of my life, my first life, I once ran in grassy circles in a mountain meadow around a perfectly round pond. Such joy. There was a crooked man, and he walked a crooked mile. He found a crooked sixpence against a crooked stile. He bought a crooked dog, which caught a crooked cat, and they all sneaked off together. What do you think of that? I jump with pleasure in returning to the woods, and I'm casting about for a way to trek further, or so I thought until recently. After a long walk straight north through the forest, I came across a poorly maintained track for vehicles, and I walked down it to arrive at a small old building and human activity. A vehicle was being charged with electricity, and two men were speaking together. When they saw me, they looked up and stopped talking. They watched my approach. Hello, I said. How's it going, says a man with no hair on his skinny head, which reminds me of the hard surfaces in my toilet room. Is this person fully human? Going, I say. Well, I seem to be going well. I've been walking for quite a long time and enjoying it. Don't see many folks out here, says the second man, who appears to have very long hair. You overnight camping in the area? Yes, I said. Yes, I have been. And I was just going to move back to that tent area now. Thank you. And I walked into the forest, quickly made my way back into the Institute. I just may not be permitted to live in the world outside my confined third life. Your device is now charging. Human trash is accumulating all over the world. The great Pacific garbage continent is now larger than Australia. The outdoor temperature has dropped again. It's now well below freezing. It snows. The statues of the scientist and the soldier visible from my window each look a bit ridiculous. One of them has acquired white hair and eyebrows, and the other has ice dripping from his nose. Under my normal institute wear, I put on the warmest clothes I can find and head out into the woods. It's freezing. Snow's pouring. An old man was snoring. 
He had gotten in bed and bumped his head and did not get up that morning. I walk, I head westerly toward the vicinity of Devil's Bathtub. I see my breath and feel my fingers growing stiff. It's bracing and cheering for me. This is the real world. I am born again. I move very quickly for a while to warm myself and then slow down to enjoy a real winter, then speed up again for warmth. I'm being very careful to go nowhere near the road where I encountered the two figures beside the auto. I'm wandering, lost in images of walking with my daughter and wife in the woods near our house in Chester, lost also in memories of trekking through the heights, the heights above the big river in Missouri. I step into the edge of a large pool of groundwater and my foot sinks. I step to the side to reach solid earth, but that step drops my other leg into water that comes nearly up to my hip. I back out onto solid, frozen ground. How to start a fire? Try myself out? But the cold seems familiar and comfortable. So many peaceful years in the ice, not confused, not afraid, not unsure or frightened, not missing my life and the people I loved. Only dreaming of them in a deep sleep. This ice could provide an end. I can soon be on the other side of this life, past the memories of my first life and become a part of the natural world, happily a simple part of the landscape. I move into a portion of the groundwater where I can sit with my ears and eyes just out of the water and watch the thickening ice grow around me. In deep cold, I will grow more and more fatigued until I can sleep and not awake again. No images, no words, no thoughts, just fully dead. What everyone deserves, I have earned it. I hear a noise and I see a large dog. No, it's not a dog, it is a bush. No, it is a gray lady. No, it is a bear. A bush become a bear its front feet in shallow icy water staring at me. The bear went over the mountain to see what he could see, and all that he could see was another side of the mountain. So the bear went over a river, the bear went over the river to see what he could see, and all that he could see was the other side of the river. So he tries to cross the river. My face begins to sink into the ice. It crackles in my ears. More and more, yes. Tired, more and more fatigued until I can sleep and not awake again. Content to end. No dreams, no images, no words, no thoughts, nothing digital, just dead. Oh, what was that? It sounded like a dog. 
I once had a cat that liked to put her head into the mouth of one of my dogs. More images, more, more. They tinkle like ice and drop like butterflies. They dive like crows. They, they buzz like bees. Traveling, trekking. Who? Where? Trekking more and more detached from my body. Hmm, I can trek without a body. Where is my body? Oh, my mind must still be cocooned in it. My mind is enclosed. My mind is enlarged, heavy. Like a bot or a synth or a hybrid. From flesh world to ice world to bone world to bed world to digi world to here world. Here. Which is where? What? Hubby bubble. Amorous Congress body basket. On a nearby asteroid, encased in a super-cold state, live bacteria millions of years old. My, my, my mind hovers, floats, darts. I am a bear, dropping into a river, slowly dropping, shot in the head. Crows can recognize human faces, and they will remember you if you ever try to harm them. They'll follow you, screeching, sometimes swooping down close to you. They'll even try to scratch you. In Northern Europe, the temperature drops so far that birds fall out of the sky. Mediterranean harbors are covered with ice and frost towns are erected on frozen rivers. Kiosks, taverns, brothels made of ice, neighborhoods that are now established parts of the city. Betsy's so beautiful, so quantum computer, thousands of millions of calculations simultaneously creates a miniature fountain of youth by moving a tiny bit of time backwards. Several dozen particles just moved into a moment ago. Now what was that? A mind can be overwhelmed by too much information. Disconnected fragments become false stories, false memories, illusions, delusions, false identities. Hey, hey, about William White? You tell him that he should try to calm his mind. Tell him to focus on natural forces like wind, rain, trees, endless herds of bison, Moving water, tall grass. Nature is no longer generous. Apocalyptic weathers, mass migrations, fatal heat waves and frigid years, pandemics, droughts, wildfires, extreme hurricanes, brain wear, bit life, a stone.
A stone is not dependent on the existence of anything else. A stone can exist without being any particular size or shape. Can a mind exist without a brain? Can a brain exist without a mind? Can a mind exist without a body? Why do I care? I don't want I don't. I, I just want to walk in a forest. Thomas Jefferson and William Clark both fully accepted the reports of the suicide of my cousin Meriwether Lewis three years after he returned from his journey west. Jefferson wrote that Lewis had been subject to bouts of deep depression since his youth. It was, he said, a constitutional disposition of all the branches of his family. <laughs> Who says? Who says? In the Indian Ocean, an island lies buried under billions of pieces of trash washed up on its shore. Can a brain cough? Can a mind sniffle? Some people, some people at the Institute lie in bed as if they are plant life. They are connected to brainwave monitors that generate speech out of slight mental activities, vegetables that talk by thinking. Artificial intelligence creates a wormhole in the universe of ideas. Brains and minds are growing free of physical reality. The singularity is nigh. An A-B ambulatory mind, a new form of self-directed intelligence. This singularity is a system that we use to upload our brains into computers and thus allow us to live forever. The souls that are uploaded to silicon are super agile, super powerful, and render biological brains irrelevant. Singularity is the ultimate goal of the Institute. The average brain contains about 90 billion neurons. Inside each neuron, there are hundreds of microtubules, each composed of 100 million tubulin protein subunits, making roughly 300 times 100 billion million brain particles. And even one very tiny brain particle may contain consciousness. How many particles does it take for a person to recognize that he is conscious, even if he's not in a body? The Venice neighborhood of Los Angeles, California, and the city of Venice, Italy, no longer exist. I'm 11 years old. 11 years old in a gab school with 20 other children in one small room. Look at that. A turtle moves in a large circle, leading a snail by a length of string. Crankum, crankum. I am sometimes angry and bitter about my treatment by some of the people at the Institute. But now there seem to be no staff at all. I'm my only caretaker.
me and some device I'm connected to. Where does that voice come from? A fox box. From a brain in a box. On a trek, sitting by a cooking fire, embers fly up and dart about. Pieces of my lives floating through my mind. Tiny embers reignited, hearing voices, multitude of voices. My early education was in a very small one-room schoolhouse called a Gab School. All of us students, all of us ages 5 to 18, are in one room with one teacher. We each speak our lessons out loud so the teacher can know we are learning. In spite of all that, or perhaps because of it, I was at age 16 able to enroll in the second class of students at Williams College. I have now, I think, graduated into an infinitely large Gab School. Many, many, many voices all at once. Who's doing all this talking? Well, it's me. My name is William White. Walking tenderly on a sheet of ice, thin ice. Ooh, we are in free fall. This ice will be hullabaloo, mumbo-jumbo, dilly-dally, burble-bubble, burble-bubble, dilly-dally, dilly, tenderly on a sheet of ice, dilly-dally. One word repeated over and over, more and more quietly, almost like a little clicking off of power or a clock running down. Dilly dilly, dally dally, dilly dilly dilly. Aeneas? What? Who? Me? It's... Oh, it's me. Uh, uh, William. What? Out of the Ice is written and performed by John Spellman. Directed by Phil Stace. Sound design and composition by Garrett and Jacob Unterreiner.